0: This week on the Habs Forum, it actually happened. The Carolina Hurricanes essentially stole Kotkaniemi from the Montreal Canadiens. They do not match uh, the offer sheet, so I mean, plenty to talk about uh, about that. I mean, we've talked a lot about Kotkaniemi on this podcast, and hey, this might be uh, one of the last times we get to do it, so there's a, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about there, and of course, Christian Dvorak joins the team almost immediately after we find out that it's not going to be matched. So plenty to talk about there. A recent interview with uh, Stefan Waite uh, on 98.5 Sports with some interesting tidbits. I mean, he has some inside, insider insight on some of these players. So we're going to talk about that a bit. No replacement for Shea Weber as of yet as, as the captain. No surprise there. And rookie camps are going to start on, uh, on Friday. So talk a little bit about that. Potential lines moving forward. Uh, but uh, I mean, there. I think, Dustin. There is one, <laughs> one big, big thing to talk about here. It's the main thing for this podcast. And I mean, it it actually happened. I mean, is what we said. We said either Kakinami is going to be matched or he's going to have a trade ready to go. And for the first time in a in a the, like that I remember, like a rumor was true. Like there is there finally a leak. In Marc Belgervin's uh, like like staff or something? Or is it was it just that obvious?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think and we talked about Dvorak on the podcast before. I mean, we've been talking about him as like ever since we knew Philip Dano was gonna be gone. We've yeah. been talking about, about him as a possible replacement. Um, you know, you know, obviously at this point it wasn't really as a as a replacement for Dano, but for for Niemi. I mean I I, I mean I guess I guess there must have been a leak right because I mean there was uh I, I don't know the Twitter handle exactly but he called the exact trade yeah so that
0: was that was yeah. pretty interesting I'm trying to find the, it's like L L C S and N H L like the Twitter feed I don't know if that's the one you're talking about but that's when I saw that yeah. called the exact trade the Twitter feed it like if he didn't call it exactly I'd be like no, nah, this guy is just it 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 it, it's, it just looks like a fan account of a guy that's just saying whatever, but he got it exactly right, like like yeah, exactly. the, the the picks and everything for for the of of course, uh. So I mean, and like because not just the, the big thing, it's like one thing to predict a first and a second, but he specifically said twenty twenty four for the second, yeah. which is yeah. not something we would ex- would have expected, you know. So uh, I mean, I mean, I, I think that that's very that's very interesting. in this whole thing is that there there finally seems to be some leaks in uh, in Bergevin's front office, which is, I mean, it's exciting for us.
1: Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, uh, def- definitely was it it made for a pretty exciting Saturday. I mean, we were both at our friend's chalet, uh, yeah. basically uh, on Twitter the whole time, refreshing every five seconds. But yeah, I mean, you know, is is was it a surprise? I mean, is that that's the first thing? I mean. I don't know. Were you surprised that that uh, that they did not match Kakinimi offer sheet?
0: I I wasn't be- because, like, if they didn't have the trade in place, so basically they did. Essentially, it, they had a, the agreement in place before he officially had this. Because, I mean, it's not like he just, the, 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 like, the rumors were there and everything. So in that sense, it doesn't surprise me. It's exactly what we said, right? Like, it, I, I'm sure that this pissed off Bergevin. I'm sure he was bothered with Kat Kinyemi, even just signing the offer sheet, whether or not he's he's right to be bothered. I do feel that way. And like we we I think everyone can agree that it didn't seem like Zusham or or, or Bergevin, like were the biggest fans of Kat Kinyemi. Not that they were ready to give up on him but like they definitely weren't ready to give him six point one million dollars, give him the bargaining power like remove a bit of the pressure that he needs to feel as far as proving himself because he already has uh the big contract i mean that this was a nightmare scenario for them in in, in keeping kudukinyemi so i do think that his his number one thing that he in this situation he would have preferred to do is find a replacement for sure before officially saying he's not matching and then doing that now i'm i'm curious if let's say the Dvorak trade it's not happening he realizes it's not gonna happen at at the the last second does he still not match or does he match in that case is this a situation where he basically said he thought it was inconceivable to give Kotkanemi 6.1 million like no chance but if he doesn't know for sure he has that trade already set with Dvorak does he still not match it that we'll never know I guess
1: yeah, it's tough to say, cause, I mean, certainly you couldn't just go into next next season with, you know, basically Evans, Paling and uh, and pocket being the t- the second, third, fourth line centers definitely didn't make sense. So, you know, as we talked about last week, he obviously had to have another trade yeah. in place before letting Kukinemi go, um, you know, and and I think like we talked about also last week, it was it was really it was a lose lose scenario for Benjamin because at yeah. the end of the day, if he matched everybody knows 6.1 million and, and Bergen may said it, it's a ridiculous number. Yeah. There's no way he's not even worth half that at this point. Yeah. Is he going to be worth that much, you know, two, three seasons down the road, maybe, but I mean, and let's not forget that this could potentially really complicate the cap situation moving forward when, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. next year you have Suzuki coming up the year after, I think you have Caulfield coming up and Romanov coming up. So, you know, those guys are obviously you would you would definitely think are are going to be more important pieces for the Canadians moving forward than Kakinemi was ever going to be.
0: Arguably, and, and, and arguably, that's that's the I big guess. thing, right? It makes those neg- negotiations that much harder. Not just because it make, it brings you tighter to, to the cap, but if you're Suzuki and you're coming into the negotiations and you know kakinemi is already making six point one, and you know you are you are better and more valuable than him to the team. That then, then you're asking for for more than that. Like, who knows how much Suzuki's gonna get after after this year? But like, overpaying one young guy is gonna make negotiating with all the other young guys that much harder. Now, this does the opposite. This tells you if you mess around too much, and then you're just gonna end up going somewhere else, right? He's he's not ready to 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 budge with that. so I mean, it's it's gonna help him a lot Move it, it would it would have been a, a headache moving forward. To, uh, for That's him exactly. to keep uh, to keep cut, so I, I do think that this was his best like he made the best of, of of a crap situation like i do think he d- still deserves some blame of for even being in this situation in the first place from the aho offer sheet which was super misguided and like all it did was was piss off the owner of uh of the other team it was completely like I, I hate to be against like it's exciting to have an offer sheet i was we wish there were more in the nhl but this this was an example of a good offer sheet because the team the canadians actually had to weigh the pros and the cons carolina spent maybe 30 seconds thinking about the ao offer sheet right so it was, so it was a bad offer sheet all it did was sour a relationship and then knowing that you'd soured a relationship, like Carolina made it very obvious. It was very obvious that this bothered them. So retaliation was to be expected. I think they they essentially said they were going to retaliate a uh, couple of years ago. So knowing that, you would think he'd be kind of prepared. Maybe he just didn't think Kotkaniemi held that much value and they wouldn't bother offer shooting. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But yeah, he, I mean, it's prepared an assignment Simon advance or something. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say, but you know, at the same time. I mean, there's a lot of RFAs that aren't signed yet. I mean, I, yeah. you know, maybe that's that's just a thing. Maybe Kakyoinami was, you know, thinking that maybe this is something that could happen. Maybe that's, you know, what his agent was thinking. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, but you know, you know, like like you said, I mean, it, it was it, it was a lose lose situation this way. You know, he's by if he was if he was to match it he was going to make things a lot more complicated down the road i mean who knows if if they would have matched this contract offer maybe carolina turns around and, and you know offer sheets suzuki next year you know which, which no, would be exactly. an even worse situation yeah but even even this way you know he he doesn't match but it still kind of makes him look stupid for drafting kucky Nami third overall three years ago right so i mean no matter what he did he was always going to look bad but i mean i think one thing that that at least I'm very happy with Bergemae, is that he didn't basically double down on a mistake. You know, he yeah. knew that I made a mistake. I can't make another mistake here and, and match this offer because, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to make things a lot worse for the Canadians moving forward. You know, it's, it's going to hurt right now losing Kaikinemi. But at the end of the day, I mean, the, the team, honestly, with Dvorak is better right now. Than it would have been with Kuk- with Kikini next th- season.
0: The the big thing to talk about with the, the, with the draft, uh, as far as drafting him, I'm sure people can argue about Quinn Hughes and 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 Brady Kachuk, and and I'm I'm usually on the boat of you draft for best player available. But let's not forget where we were when we drafted Kakiniemi, right? We were desperate for centermen for years. I mean, Darnell had been a top-line center for this team for a long time, and like like Danu was nowhere near as, as as good as he was towards the end of his tenure. And and more importantly, we had no idea what Nick Suzuki was going to become. Yeah. See, like the, the, that's that's the the big thing that it's important to remember. Like like no one knew Suzuki was going to be th- this good right off the bat, and and kind of surpass Kotkaniemi on the depth chart right away so I mean I get that you don't you you always want to draft best player available but at the same time when you're talking about centerman, it's it's a little different you know it, it is a little different and Suzuki being as amazing as he is I think really made this decision a lot easier right because we have that top line center that we, we are, we're confident like not that I think that, that Suzuki is necessarily going to be like a a top five you know he's never going to be a conor mcdavid or austin matthews or anything like that but he's still going to be in that top echelon i think of uh, he's a number one center if you consider there's 30 teams in the nhl i can definitely see him blossoming into a top 15 kind of center if not top 10 like who knows in, in, the, in the nhl and it's a lot easier to to improve your center depth when you have that number one spot from there, you know, to go from there. So there's a, there, there's a lot more that goes into the drafting of cut Kanyemi than, than, than what there was. And here's the thing too. You look at that draft class. It's not like there's a ton of players that broke out. There's like, I know have sense are tired of hearing. Well, I mean the ones that are tired of hearing this should be happy. They won't hear about it much anymore, but he was still only 21 years old. Right. So that's, that's the big thing here. What if cut Kanyemi does break out in Carolina, you know, what if Again. he if he wakes up and and just even if he just scores twenty goals this year in, in Carolina, I think that's a, I mean you're you're going to talk about it a lot and even if it's not this year even if it's next year you know like in, in the next five years if Kachanamy really at some point becomes a top six center like sixty point plus guy, it's going to look yeah, bad on Kucherov, right? you know. You know
1: I mean uh, well if you take a look at their lineup. I mean, they already said at the, at the press conference, like right after the, the, the offer sheet wasn't matched, that he was going to go into next season on the left wing. So, I mean, right now, they're centermen. They have, you know, they have Aho, they have Jordan Stahl, they have Trocek, uh, uh, they have yeah. even Neckash, who, who, like, plays on the wing sometimes because there's so many centers. You know, I mean, I think best case scenario for him heading into next season, he's going to be the third line left wing. Yeah, Uh. that he's not exactly good. I mean, there's no way that he's going to put up big numbers unless, you know, maybe there's some injuries and stuff like well, that. But he he's not going to get the opportunity that, that he would have had with the Canadians. I mean, I don't think there's going to be necessarily a big chance for him to break out. Uh, well, and yeah, the one I thing mean,
0: that's worth worth like remembering here. If we're going to talk about whether or not he's going to break out over there is uh, you you mentioned that Ned Cash has played on the wing because of their depth. Even Aho has played on the wing. So they have a history of playing players they drafted a centerman on the wing and still developing them very well. So like the, they're they're going and getting Niemi and they're thinking we're gonna do the same thing with him. Why can't why why can't we make it work with him, right? So they, they do have a history of making that work so so who like who knows whether or not uh, it it is going to work and and maybe he, develop, he develops a bit on the wing and then eventually moves moves to center but i mean i mean of course you're right like he he was going to get a prime opportunity in um in Montreal to play center but then at the same time like i don't blame him Kodganyemi that is for because he was probably being even though we believe he was going to get a prime top minutes and all that like nothing in the past from management has shown him that they have any sort of trust in him, and like he had no reason to believe that he was actually going to get those opportunities except looking at the roster. you know, so i don't I don't necessarily blame him for 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 wanting kind of a change change of pace and just moving somewhere else. and just the biggest thing that's going to help cut because as we keep saying he's only twenty one is moving from Montreal to Carolina as far as the markets go. Because here's the thing: being paid six point one in Montreal and not performing is a much bigger deal than being paid six point one million in Carolina and not performing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He can he can go to the grocery store and no one knows who he is. You know, yeah. like that changes a whole lot. No, for sure. It's you know, I mean, and and
1: I mean, Bergevin even said it in the press conference that you know he he doesn't feel like the development. You know, like you know they did everything they could with the development, but at the same time he did. You know, he did acknowledge that yeah. he probably should have stayed in Finland the first season, which, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously hindsight is but, you know, that was that should have been the solution right off the
0: beginning, even if he did but have I, a pretty solid rookie season. That's the thing. He had a great rookie season. And then let's not forget the last two seasons. I mean, two seasons ago, he did have some injuries. And then last season, it's like it's hard to judge anyone these last two years. It's been so so weird, just the same way that it's hard to – predict what's going to happen this year because it's the first year that's going to be a full season like a normal season in two years and it's it's just i we might look back on the last two years as being the two years where a lot of players had stunt developments you know because of how weird the whole schedule and everything was it's 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 really hard to judge and i guess only time will, will tell with that yeah but you know hopefully moving forward I mean,
1: hopefully we don't have, have the third overall pick again. You know, obviously we want to go back to the yeah. the Stanley Cup.
0: Uh, no, we actually, what that, if it's but, Carolina's first overall pick? Yeah, that's true. That's see, true. That's, that see that. this is what, like, let, let's move to the trade. Now, the trade in itself, cut game, he's already gone. I think that trade was so well done by by Bergevin. Like, if there's one thing he does well is is, is trading and managing to, so the, the rumor was they wanted a good prospect and a first and, like, like cent- centerman go at a premium, you know? He's a solid second-line centerman, like, a really good second-line centerman. And, like, it ended up being, first of all, the second-round pick only being in 2024. To me, like, who cares? I mean, that's so far. Like, Bergevin, from now until 2024, is going to get, like, five more second-round picks. You know, he he acquires second-round picks like crazy, right? So I'm not concerned about that at all. And then the, the fact that the first-round pick is, like— the way he maneuvered it where it's like, OK, you get the best of our first round picks unless we like there's one of the teams that falls and and gets a top 10 pick. Then we get the top top 10 pick like that kind of like I, I've never seen that those types of conditions on on, on two picks. And, and I and I love it. I, I absolutely love it because there's nothing worse. And I think back of the Leafs. This happened to the Leafs about a decade ago when they traded for Phil Kessel and they traded a first round pick thinking they're going to be competitive and all of a sudden one of the first round picks turned into the number two overall pick that is a nightmare if that happens a complete nightmare and honestly potentially ruins bergeman's legacy if something like that happens and like a top tier player gets, gets distracted with that pick but now we, we can rest easy with that at worst we're giving away an 11th pick 11th overall pick at, at, at worst.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's true. It, you know, it, it first when I first saw the trade, I thought, man, that's that's a lot for Dvorak. You know, a guy that like you know was gonna could you know I mean last he hasn't hit 20 goals yet. He obviously would have hit 20 goals last season. But, last um, two you seasons, know, when, I mean, he had yeah. 18 goals okay, in 70 true.
0: games in 2019-20. So
1: yeah so i mean it's true like like definitely having that security of of it not being a top 10 pick that definitely makes a huge difference because like you said i mean like like toronto i mean when they went out and got phil kessel they they traded two first round picks that turned into sega and dougie hamilton so and, and and even just recently right when san jose went out and got eric carlson they traded you know, yeah, their sure. first round pick, everybody expected it to be a low one and it ended yeah. up turning into uh, the sixth overall pick for Jake Sanderson. So, yeah, I mean, uh, th- that definitely makes it a lot easier. And, I mean, Dvorak, I mean, his contract is fantastic. Yeah the role that he's going to have on the Canadians. I mean, you know, obviously wasn't playing with great players the last couple of seasons in, in, in uh, in Phoenix or not Phoenix, but Arizona. And he still put up pretty decent numbers. And I mean, I think with, with with the wingers that we have here in Montreal, he's prime for a breakout season and he does everything. It's not just the offense. One of the best centers, you know, top defense, top centers in the NHL for face solid in his own zone. Um, You know, I, I think he's, Kind of like a Philip Dano, but better, but at least better offensively. A- yeah, yeah, like,
0: he's definitely a better scorer than Dano. And I don't know. If he, I'm assuming he's not as good as a shutdown guy, as uh as Deno is. But, but but I'll take that. You know, I'll I would have taken Dano with slightly worse defensive capabilities, but significantly better goal scoring. Right? Like 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 I'll I'll, I'll make that uh I'll I'll make that trade off uh, a- a- any day. So like so like. The from what we're hearing, I was watching some highlights and all that. Like he, he can score some goals, and it, he, he's maybe less of a playmaker than not that he's a bad playmaker. Can maybe less of a playmaker than we're used to with 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 centerman. But I don't know that that's that's exciting to me cuz like i don't know maybe kudkenyi becomes that like who knows but he wasn't shooting a lot in uh in montreal and it was taking him 10 years to wind up his shot you know like the, the Vorak doesn't have that that problem and like you said at the beginning of the podcast it probably makes us better i mean definitely makes us better today uh as get, getting Dvorak. and it, it has a ripple effect all through the lineup right because i mean he is he's not old he's 25 so he's still you know he's entering the prime years of his career essentially uh, but he's 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 in a very different role now. Going to have much better wingers to, to to play with. Whoever he plays with, he's going to have great wingers on both sides. That's the strength. the strength in Montreal. And, and in a way, I think it does help Suzuki in a way too. Having because let's not forget Suzuki's still only 22, years old. As, as much as he plays like a veteran and doesn't look like he needs to be sheltered at all, if we went into next year with with Suzuki, Kakinami. Evans and like Paling or or Pocket as the centerman, and, and and all of a sudden, every single important face-off, every every imp- every everything of, of, of any sort of importance defensively or offensively, it would all be always on Suzuki's shoulders. Like we know how much his coaching staff trusts Kukami, which is like basically not at all. And as great as Suzuki is, I mean that is a lot to ask of the kid. Adding a guy like DeVork, who has more experience, even though he's still only twenty-five at this point. As far as our centers go, he's the veteran center on the team, strong on the faceoff circle, reliable defensively. It just all the way down the lineup. It just it just helps the team tremendously from top to bottom. Yep, Oh, for sure, for sure. I
1: mean, uh, it's definitely going to take a lot of pressure off of Suzuki. I mean, even like even last season, you know. I mean, the other, you know, yes, we had Kakinami, we had Dano as centerman, we had Eric Stahl. And Jake, well, I guess Jake Evans a little bit at center, but none of yeah. them were producing any goals whatsoever.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, it was basically all on Suzuki. Now this year, I mean, Dvorak, you know, he's going to be great. He's going to do play a lot of the, a lot of the PK minutes. You know, that Dino was playing previously. Um, Hits center. And I mean, he's, he's a guy that can obviously provide a lot of scoring. And I, and I think his line is going to produce a lot, regardless of the center, uh, re- regardless of the wingers that he plays with. I mean, somebody posted earlier today, all the like sort of winger combinations that he had last year in, in Arizona. And I mean, it was, it was awful. Like some, like the guys that he was playing with, like at one point he was playing with like Lawson Krause and like Drake, uh, I forget what the hell the guy's name is. Kegui Kay- Kaygui, Kaguya, Tag uh-huh. Eula or some some shit like yeah, that. Yeah. Anyway, he did play some minutes with like Phil Castle and, and Clayton Keller, yes. But I mean, you know, aside from those two guys, it wasn't exactly, you know, a lineup of all stars. And definitely the guys that he's going to be playing with here are going to be a lot better wingers. You know, so he definitely has a chance to break out, and not only that. I mean, a lot of the time in Arizona, he was playing up. He was playing against the the other team's top lines, yeah. which you know Suzuki is probably going to be the center that's playing against the other te- other team's top lines or defensive lines. So, you
0: know, it's it's going to be you know, it's it's definitely a recipe for success for Dvorak. And and what I like about it too is like you mentioned the two main w- bigger wing like better wingers he played with are Phil Kessel and uh, Clayton Keller, two shooters. Two like Kessel can be a bit bit of a puck hog. I don't mean it in a bad way, but that's just when he's a shooter, right? He scores goals and he's great at that. But Dvorak is a little bit different as a center because he's he's one he's a center that, that kind of scores as much as he as he as he passes, right? So he, he never really played with a guy like Dwayne, who is coming into the season, uh, coming back. I mean, he 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 did his golf tournament. He's been on the ice with, with he's been practicing and all that. So all all signs point to him doing much better and coming back for for this season. And we've always said Duhoin is more of a playmaking winger. If you put him with a center that can score a bit more, I mean, we don't know what the line combinations are going to be yet. But I mean, if you look at I mean, DeFoli, Suzuki, Caulfield is kind of the one kind of trio there that's kind of set in stone. It kind of makes a lot of sense to try out the De, with with Dvorak and maybe and maybe a guy like Gallagher. And and who knows, man, if they find some chemistry there, I mean, that, that that can go a long way. And and the thing there, too, is that when when it came to Deroy and Kotkaniemi, we used to love saying we want to see them play together, they had some chemistry, but I think the reason why they would get separated a lot is I think the coaching staff didn't really trust them defensively, right, because they were two players that maybe have, I mean, some issues on, on, on the defensive side, and you don't want, like, if you're asking Kotkaniemi to be more defensive, or you're asking Deroy to be more defensive, it kind of... Takes away from their offensive game, but so playing Dwayne with the guy like like Devor, like it, it seems like it seems like they complement each other so well because he's a, he's a scorer while Dwayne is more of a playmaking winger and but he's a center that can score but he's also reliable defensively right so I, I could I mean I think that makes a ton of sense and I mean I'm I'm excited to see how it goes I mean the 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 getting of getting Devorak really makes this kind of kind of okay to me. Yeah,
1: I mean, he, and he said it himself, he would love to play with a puck moving uh, or with, you know, you know, yeah, basically a puck moving winger, winger which yeah. obviously Dorian or Dorian Drouin would be a perfect fit for that. And I mean, you know, maybe he plays with Anderson too. I mean, Anderson, he, he played with him with the London Knights yeah, a little bit. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, uh, there's, there's a lot of options, but I mean, d- I definitely think Dwayne, Dvorak and, you know, on that right wing, either Anderson or or, or Gallagher. I mean, that's, that's going to be a solid line
0: absolutely sure. and and let's not forget on the london knights i mean sure he played on some stacked teams in london They're like don't 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 get me wrong here but still in 66 games he got 109 points and in 59 games he got 121 points so this is a guy in junior who could score and it hasn't completely translated and he is putting up some points but he's looked more like a kind of like 35 to 40 point guy I mean, 25 isn't too late to have a mini breakout. There, there, who's to say he can't up those total totals to be closer to a 60, 65 point guy? But and even if he's not, even if he stays as a 40, maybe more of a 45, 50 point guy, I mean, I, that, that's like, that's great as a second line center that can kind of do uh, a, a little bit of, of of everything for for the Canadians. And in the same way as I was saying for how it helps Suzuki. When we were talking about the center depth a month ago or so, and you, like you were you were arguing with me that there was no way we were going into the season with 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 those centers at the time, of course, we didn't know Katkinyemi would be uh would get an offer sheet the The concern was seeing like we're talking about Evans or paling maybe on the third line, and uh, then on the fourth line is Evans at paling again or Poket and all that. It's very young, and at least having Dvorak as the two center instead of Kat if you do go into this season with Evans, or I'd love to see Paling have a breakout in camp and maybe steal that three center spot, maybe you're a bit more open to starting the season with those young guys on the third line as, as the third line centers because you have a lot more stability on the second line with Dvorak. You know, so I, I, I'm excited because if if I'm Paling or Evans, I'm looking at this and thinking, okay, a spot opened up for a young guy because, like you said, they would probably, if they keep Kakanyemi, they probably go and maybe get a really cheap a guy, a Bozak or something like that to play on that third line. Cause they don't want to have another young guy on the third line. But now if I'm Evans and Paling, I hope they come to camp really, really hungry fighting for that third center spot.
1: Yeah, and, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, you, you just said that you were hoping Paling was going to steal that spot. I mean, I think it's, it, it honestly, at this spot, it's, it's pretty much his to lose. I mean, uh, obviously Evans is going to have uh, have something to say there too, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be one of those two guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, Paling, man, like if he can finally reach his potential, you know, I, I mean, he had a great year before being injured last year in Laval. Um, so, you know, he was, he was starting to show some of that potential that we saw when, when he was drafted, you know, in the first round. If he can get going, I mean, this this team could be a lot better than some people than, than some people think, especially with the guys, the type of wingers that even on the third line are going to be there. I mean, you're probably exactly. looking at a guy like like Hoffman and and either Gallagher or Anderson. I mean that is that's pretty solid wingers to
0: have even as a third line center. And even if you're on the fourth line, let's say yep. like like we're saying best case scenario Paling has a great camp grabs that three center spot and then you have Evans as the as the fourth line center, then he he gets to play with Leckinen and Armia. I trust that line in any situation. Oh yeah. That's, no. that is,
1: a, that's, that's going to be a sick shutdown line. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's not even mentioning. I mean, Cedric pa- Paquette is a, is a pretty solid fourth line center as well. Obviously not going to produce a whole lot of offense, but I mean, you, you and that's not even mentioning Mats your exactly. as well. You know, I mean, he's, he's obviously getting a little bit older, but man, this guy's, yeah, he's put up some, some decent seasons for sure in the NHL. And I mean, just as, as a, like a spare
0: forward, like, man, the Canadians are, are, are pretty solid, at least up front. And like same as we mentioned that last year like like as we saw last year the depth it goes such a long way and like like having Matsuhiro as an extra forward and I talked about this last week Perro, if there's anything like we know as Habs fans is that he plays his heart out at the Bell Centre right there's no doubt in my mind that this guy's going to give it everything he has and for for for, to be, for him to be able to slot into the lineup if there's an injury or anything like that, to have him as a close to minimum like salary guy. I mean, the depth at Ford is there again this year. It's, it's, it's really that third center spot. And we talked about it before, and there's been conversations about that. Do you think there is a PTO that gets sent out to a guy like Bozak? Or do you think they go in hoping like either Evans or paling play well? enough? like Evans, like I hate, like Evans has a, has a roster spot. But like you know, but like we think he's probably ideally as a fourth line center. Like, do we hope Peeling does well? Do we bring? Do you bring Bro- Brozak in on on a PTO just to give that extra bit of competition for those kids? See how they respond seeing seeing a, a veteran like him walk in. Like, I, I, how do you see that? Yeah, I mean, man, I'd I'd love to see him as an addition. I mean, I don't
1: see how you know. Say so you really don't want to take that ro- Like Evans, 100 is is deserved the roster spot. We saw what he could do. You know, last season, you know, he's a guy that he uh, he's not going to produce a whole lot of offensively, at least not so far in his career. But defensively, man, he he's he works his ass off every single shift. He's he's a solid guy defensively paling. I mean, you know, I I, I really want to see paling on on this roster. Same. So as much as I think Bozak could make a lot of sense. I don't know where, you know, because you'd have to basically take one of the forwards out of the lineup. At exactly. Not not exactly. even out of the lineup, but out of just off the roster completely. So somebody would have to be traded or, or well, go to a foul. Well, would end
0: up in the, in the
1: AHL. Right, which I mean, I I don't see that happening unless Paling, like really you know doesn't come to come to camp in shape or whatever you know, which which unfortunately has happened in the past. Um, you know, I I think he's finally on track and and no, I mean, I I think Bozak makes sense, but at the
0: same time, it it doesn't make sense to add, add another body. I, I feel the same way. I I feel the same way honestly. I mean, the the only way I see it happening. Is just like I said. Maybe if they want to give a bit more to, to show the kids that nothing's in the bag and they still have to work for it. But like I, I get the feeling that pa- I get. Well, I hope at the very least that Paling like kind of learned his lesson with uh, how it went uh, coming with the, the what happened in the bubble hockey there, where he didn't play at all uh, and got and got surpassed by Evans and uh, like and uh, and all that. And you, you, I really really hope we see Paling show up to camp ready to go. And here's the thing if anything can make Bergeron look much better in this whole cutkin yemi situation is if paling does have a breakout this year you know that's true that, that that's definitely true because then that's sure. another center that you drafted and he's producing you know what i mean so
1: yeah no that that definitely makes a lot of sense i mean then that's you know i mean first of all getting Dvorak de- definitely soften the blow but I mean, We're if if sure. Kalen can really finally step up, you know, I mean he's he's really not that old either. I I mean I think he's only 22 years old. Yeah, uh, exactly. Drafted in 2017, so you know, I mean if he, he, he can be 22 up, is still a child. So <laughs> <laughs> a lot younger than us anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean if he can step up, then, then man, the Canadians. Uh, I mean I I think they could they could surprise some people for sure. It, up front, I mean, I think we're pretty solid. I mean, you know, defense is, could be a little bit
0: of a question mark, but yeah. but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the defense is still the the, the question mark there. I mean, there hasn't been uh, much movement. Like, it's all the talks been about the 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 center position there. But I mean, I'm excited to see because uh, got the rookie camp coming, right? And I mean, and Norlander, I think, is the the prospect, right? As far as prospects that aren't in the NHL, he he must be the most talked about guy. Uh, like the the ones that haven't like seen the NHL at all, you I see highlights of him all the time on uh, on the subreddit, and I just I mean, do you think there's a chance he has a monster camp and and and, and makes like makes uh, have to kind of ask a few questions on uh, whether or not he has to slide him in the lineup?
1: Man, it's 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 a tough call, you know. I I'm wondering if you know what happened with Kukiniemi, Niemi yeah. you know that realized that they ru- they rushed him way yeah. too fast May i th- i think maybe that would possibly make them think twice yeah. you know uh, about it and and i think i think it makes sense for him to play you know one more season in Sweden i think he's he's probably going to be the, the the top defenseman um you know for his team at least and he's going to put up big minutes i mean he, i think you know he's playing in the uh, in the Champions Hockey League right now. I think in he had two goals and two assists in, I believe three games. So he's off obviously off to a fantastic start. And I mean there's no point in rushing him. I mean honestly even Romanov last season. I mean he you know he obviously had a whole lot of flashes, but I mean there's a lot of times when he wasn't you know he he wasn't even playing right. He was in the yeah. he was in the press box. I mean I I don't want that for Norlander. I'd much rather him go. Be the top defenseman in you know for his team in the swedish hockey league Swedish elite league, which is you know you could probably is at least in the top four leagues in the world, maybe you know just as good as the a h l almost so why not be one of the top defensemen over there at least the top defenseman on your team instead of playing half yeah. the games here in Montreal I,
0: I I'm thinking they they see it the same way uh Bergeron and Duchamp and all that and and your your point about the kukennyami situation i mean norlander at this point is 21 he's a few years removed from his draft and he has had those years to to develop a little bit so this is still a, a, a little different I, I but i do think that the only way he could he could see the ice in the NHL is if he has an absolutely ridiculous camp like one like a camp where they they just can't ignore it kind of thing but i think it's far more likely that it's it's a guy like you know like 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 whiteman that hopefully uh breaks out and or like uh, romanov they want him to Bring his uh, bring his game up to a, to another level. So that that's really what does. It. I mean, the same thing we've talked about every year. I mean, as, uh, up front we're arguably better than we were at the beginning of last year. I, like I, I really really believe that. On defense, Weber's gone, replaced by Savard. I think Savard at this point potentially brings a very very similar game to uh to the Canadians as as Weber would, outside of the the leadership, of course. It, it's really if Romanov breaks up. Uh, like breaks out if 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 weideman really is is a steal like maybe a surprise steal you know getting him to come back to the nhl but it's still it's still my big question mark like that defense is still really really slow it's still really slow
1: yeah i mean you're definitely hoping that romanoff can take another you know sort of another step this season you know he hopefully he's got the jitters out hopefully can take on a bit of a bigger role and, you know, I mean, you're going to have that Edmondson-Peach repairing pairing It's probably going to be the top pairing, you would yeah. think. I mean, they've obviously had a lot of success last season. Yeah, for sure. But, man, the addition of Savard, I mean, Romanov would seem to be a great partner for him. You know, Savard's going to stay back there and let Romanov be a little bit more adventurous. Uh, You know, you just, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, with our friends and that. I mean, you definitely hope it's not going to be Sherrod and Savard. But, like... Hopefully- that but mistake. like it
0: is though isn't it is gonna be that <laughs> isn't it like which is so frustrating because it's like I know hate against Sharat. I think he'd be a great bottom pairing guy just just let Romanov play bigger minutes with Savard please like I really hope it happens like 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 of course if they don't have chemistry they don't whatever like it is what it is but like it just makes so much more sense to me
1: No, exactly. And you have Sherrod on the third pairing. And, you know, I mean, uh, the the three pairings, well, I mean, the second pairing and the third pairing are probably going to play relatively close. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And, and,
1: you know, if if you have Sherrod with, you know, it could be Kulak, but it could also very well be Chris Weidman. Those are two more offensive guys, puck moving guys, Well, especially Weidman where, you know, I mean, I think it just makes sense. You have a defensive guy and a puck moving guy on each pairing. So I mean, uh, yeah, if Romanov can play with Savard, I mean, I think you'll he, Romanov can be a little bit more adventurous. He can he can play his game a little bit more, take some yeah. more chances, and I mean, I
0: think uh, you know, hopefully, he can take the next step. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to, see, to, to to get started with the camp, right? Because I can't wait to see. What pairings they have and what line accommodations they have, and how they see this team. Like do they see this the same way we do or or, or they don't? But I mean, I, I'm pretty happy with this team going. i like I, I feel just as confident about making the playoffs, which is not very, uh, but that's just the reality of of uh, of the division. But I'm still excited to see this this team and how how it goes. I think they they could surprise us. It just it just depends on the young guys. like if if like in, including Dvorak, if Dvorak paling, uh, um, Romanov have, uh, have big years, like, bi- like career years. I mean, it can make a huge difference. So, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. The, the The other news we've had is that there's not going to be a captain named as a replacement while Weber's is out. I mean, not really surprising, even though they've essentially said his career is over. He's still part of the team. Technically he's on, on the IR for this year could come back later. Who knows what happens. I mean, I think we both agree that Gallagher is the next captain for uh, for this team, but I don't think he would be—he's upset about this. Just just roll with the extra alternate captain, and that's fine.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I think it, uh, you know, it did probably makes sense, at least for this season. Um, you know, we'll see if somehow Weber does end up coming back. Yeah. And, you know, maybe if not, I mean, next season, I guess they will name another guy. I don't know about Gallagher, though, but we'll see. Because, I mean, again, I mean, and I think we've talked about this before, that you would naturally think that Gallagher probably should be the captain. But at the same time, the way that his relationship with the refs, I don't know if it makes sense. You know what I mean? His relationship with the refs. I mean, you, you know, the refs obviously seem to hate Gallagher.
0: Eh. So I, I don't know if, to, yeah, I mean, you, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe, you're, maybe you're, the C helps. Maybe the C makes them respect him a bit more. You know, but who else is it gonna be? There's no other forward. You know, and, no, and like, un- no. unless, like, unless Suzuki becomes a point per game guy and blows up or anything like that, like. Like, but that's not gonna happen. Like, I don't think, like the uh, Jeff, is Jeff the only Petrie potential, potential yeah, Jeff name. Petrie. But I mean, I mean, it, to me, that's almost ex- insulting to Gallagher. Like, nothing against Petrie, but like, yeah, I mean, I no, guess I Petrie know. is older. He's a bit more of a veteran. I mean, it probably ends up being Gallagher, but but
1: I don't, I don't know. It's 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 something to consider. I I don't
0: think who the captain is and whether or not the refs don't like our captain makes a big difference, honestly. It's it, I don't think it makes that big of a difference over like I get they talk to the refs more and all that but I, you just give it to the more deserving guy and that's that's that's, that's 100% Gally. It has to be Gally. Yeah. Anyway, we don't have to worry about it for this year I guess. Nah, exactly. Exactly. Uh the 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 other thing I thought was interesting was so Stéphane wait. Uh, I think I believe this was today or or yesterday I guess. Uh he was on uh 98.5 Sports so the the French kind of sports radio station in uh in Montreal and Stefaneway of course the goalie coach who was fired in the middle of the season in in a bit of a weird way earlier this year he has been he has not been shy about talking to reporters uh since he's been let go had some interesting takes on what's been going on in the offseason for the Can Canadians and his, his first point that uh, I mean I'm getting this actually so thanks to Amadouvi uh, baudouin at MO Baudoin 1 on uh Twitter see great follow if you like the Habs you just gave a few uh, highlights of what was said, that he considers uh, that... Uh, so, Stefan Waite considers that the, the the salary ask from Dano was completely ridiculous. And he feels like Dano sees himself as better than what he is, and what he is is a third-line centre. And harsh <laughs> words, and let's not forget, this is a guy that's been around the Canadians for years, and he's, he was around Dano for years uh, as he blew up into the player he he became... It seems kind of fair. I kind of feel the same way, honestly.
1: I mean, I think most people feel that way. I mean, that that is a crazy number, I think, for, for Philip Deneau, 5.5 million. Yeah. Uh, you know, a guy that scored five goals last season, Um. you know, obviously he brings a whole lot more than that to the team. But at the end of the day, I mean, and we've talked about this before, Philip Deneau, at least on a good team, like on a team that that's that it would really be going for a Stanley Cup, is the third-line center.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know. Fantastic for a third-line center.
1: Exactly. So he's he's, he's the third line. Center, uh, he would be the third line center on a Stanley Cup winning team. But, you know, if he wants to go to a team that's not very good <laughs> like the L.A. Kings yeah. and, you know, maybe take a little bit more money and, and get a bigger role and more of an offensive role, then yeah. then. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's not going to be a top six guy on a Stanley Cup winning team, no, even though no, I guess no. he was kind of a top six guy. I before. mean, I,
0: yeah. I, I can see him being a two center on, on a on a, on a on a cup winning team, I guess. I mean, the Canadians got there basically as him playing number two uh, yeah. behind behind Suzuki, but no, but yeah, like and but it's just interesting for it to come from someone that has such a close relationship with, with with, with within the locker room and all of that, because for him to specifically say he sees himself as bigger than what he is speaks to potentially Dano's ego and and and, and the locker room and all that. It just I don't know, like when we're talking about all these things that happened in the off season. I, may, may, I don't know if we underrate what Dano brought to the team, but it's like I don't—I'm not that worried about Dano not being back next year, especially oh. now we signed Dvorak.
1: No, exa- exactly. Cool. Especially Great. now that we have Dvorak. you know, I think it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's not going to be a huge deal. Are we going to miss him? You know, when we're playing teams like Toronto, uh, yeah, uh, for sure we're going to miss him. But but at the end of the day, I mean, he's yeah. he he was never
0: worth that amount of money. Exactly. That's- and, and Stefano would continue to say that he thinks Evans is going to do a great job in replacing Dano uh, because Evans can can kind of fill in that defensive role. And and Deno and wasn't always a black hole offensively, but he certainly was uh, last year. I mean, he did have the primary assist on the biggest goal uh, we have ever seen as fan of the Montreal Canadiens. So we, we have to give him that. So no, no disrespect to to uh to deno there but he then make, also made the point that he thinks Dvorak is is, is better than deno and and like we said earlier about uh devorak i mean we kind of agree there too because Dvorak you get less he's not as good defensively he's not as much a shutdown guy sure he's, he's far better offensively specifically at scoring goals and we would have taken that trade off with deno if, if you told me press the button and deno is slightly worse defensively but he scores 15 more goals a year uh, yes please thank you I'll take that any
1: yeah, day. Absolutely. And he's making less money than uh, than 5.5 5 million.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, let's not forget the contract of work has for 4 years still is a fantastic contract. Yeah. And and the last point that uh, that that uh, that Wade made in the interview, I mean, one of the last points I guess last one one we have here is that KK he thinks should look himself in the mirror when it comes to development because if you if we didn't talk about it too much, but KK did have a bit of a press conference and he did seem to kind of Say that like he didn't love the development path he was put on. Like the the, the question was kind of like given to him by a reporter, and he kind of didn't deny it, kind of thing. But uh, I don't know. It's, uh, you kind of have to agree with him there too. you know, it's it goes both ways. And Bergerman admitted maybe he stayed a bit longer in Finland. But like, I mean, KK, you, you were given some opportunities at the same time. And I just think all this is interesting coming from someone that was so close to all these players very recently.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that that's one thing. Like, did the Canadians make some mistakes in his development? Absolutely, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But it, but at the same time, absolutely, man. He has to take a look in the mirror as well and, yeah. and, you know, take his blame. And, you know, I mean, I know this is a hockey podcast, a Canadians podcast, but it makes me think of I'm a huge New York Jets fan. We traded our third overall pick. Sam Darnold who's the quarterback for the New, was the quarterback for the New York Jets. Uh, j- earlier this season and he was asked because the, the jets are playing the team him this week and he was asked you know do you blame the jets because you didn't have proper you know the, the best targets you know you you're basically hung out to dry and he said no the, i take full responsibility i didn't play to the best of my abilities you know that that's a real answer not like cooking Nami saying oh you know sort of basically blaming the canadians yeah. you you know it, are the canadians to blame in a certain aspect absolutely but you definitely have to take the blame yourself. And yeah. and I, you know, you don't know exactly what was going on in the dressing room, but you know, by all accounts, at least from what uh, what uh, Wait said, he didn't seem to necessarily always have the best attitude. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's everybody's fault in the situation, and and whatever, it's it's in the past now. And Kokinami's in Carolina, and we have Vorak.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and uh, I mean, we're not for not for worse. And so, uh, we'll see. I mean, I mean, I I can't wait for for for, for like I just said for camp to start. So. I mean, I, I think that 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 pretty much uh, covers. It. I'm, I'm kind of as much as I love the off season and and I love talking about trades and free agency and and all that stuff. I feel like there's been so much happening in the Habs off season. I'm just I'm like I'm done with it now. Can we can we can we get back to playing hockey now, please? You know, it, it feels like an eternity ago that the Canadians made it to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, and it re- and it really wasn't even that long ago. Man, it it, it was really even. wasn't. 2
1: months ago basically. Yeah. But uh yeah, you know, it and the thing about it is that obviously we made it to the Stanley Cup finals and it just feels like this team is a lot different. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see, but man, it's it's going to be an exciting it's going to be an exciting season, not just that. We have the Laval Rocket coming back. We're going to be able to go see them yeah. and and we
0: also have the three well the Trois-Rivières Lions too, so Yeah. it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting. All right. So before we get going, so since the the rookie camp roster is on, on Friday. It will be being announced on Friday, starting shortly after that. Is is there anyone you're particularly excited about for the rookie camp? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing the roster. First of all, I mean, uh, you know,
1: yeah, definitely looking forward to to seeing some of the guys that we drafted this year. I mean, Riley Kidney. I mean, okay, well, first of all, obviously the first round pick, Logan May, who's not gonna be there. Um, but uh, I mean, definitely looking forward to seeing Riley Kidney that we drafted in the second round, you know, other guys like Xavier, you know, uh, William Trudeau. Really, really looking forward to the get to to the goalie that we drafted in the seventh round. I think he could really be a steal in Joe Verbetic. Uh
0: but man, it's gonna be exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of these guys play for sure. And then once you have the rookie camp, then before you know it, it's the regular camp, and, and we're almost really there. We're almost at that point where hockey's back, so uh, feels good. We can stop talking about this, this these offer sheet dramas and all that, and start talking about some uh, some actual hockey. So uh, that does it for uh, for this week. We'll probably be back next. We talk a little bit about that uh, uh, that rookie camp roster that's getting announced on uh, on Friday. So uh, as always, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.